Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Well, greetings, and we're glad you're with us for another podcast in our series called Grace Stories, where we hear how God's grace has worked in people's lives to save them and change them. And I think you'll hear an interesting story today from our our friend and our guest. And, uh, and when you do, we want you to leave a comment, let us know what you thought about uh, what you hear, and be sure to share it with other people. Give us a like and more people will hear it. And uh, we're always welcome to hear your story too, if you think you'd have a good story to tell. These great stories uh, really can help people get a better understanding of what it means to be saved by grace or to live by grace. Today I'm talking to a good friend, Jeff Welch. And uh, he's going to tell a bit about his story. He's from the Northwest and uh, in Washington, right? Born and raised up in that way? Lacey, Washington. Lacey, Washington. So, Jeff, tell us a little bit about uh, your backgrounds. And uh, we know where you're from, but uh, how were you raised up? So I was raised in a non-Christian home. My father was Catholic um, as a young person. My mother grew up in the Lutheran church, however, they didn't really go to church. Um, so really, I was raised with the idea of choose your own path. And uh, my grandmother, who was born again as a five-year-old, hmm. she she was really um, a lover and follower of Jesus Christ. And from the day I was born, she looked at my father and she said, this one's mine. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, the, the prayers of grandmothers are extra powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, she would get down on her hands and knees and she would pray every day for not only my salvation, but a special prayer request that she had daily was that I would become a missionary wow. as well. And so my earliest uh, childhood memory to do with Christ was I was given a keychain um, that had a picture of Jesus smoking marijuana. Uh. on it and that confused me as a child and I was you know I was told if if you do enough bad things God will uh, put more black tally marks against your soul and if you get enough of them you'll die and you'll go to hell and so I had this fear of God and I didn't know that Jesus is God I had never heard the deity of Christ until the day that I got saved Um, but as a four-year-old my grandmother, she had been visiting at a, a garage sale, and she picked up some children's Christian books. And I think some of them were must have been for teenagers. Um, and so she came to the house. I was sitting at the little bookshelf that we had in our hallway, you know, reading, um, you know, Sesame Street style books, you know, the, the books that you have for little kids. And, and she handed me the stack of Christian children's books. Hmm. And so I opened up one of them, and the first thing I saw was Noah's Ark and just the the people drowning in the sea and in the flood and the ark, and that really fascinated me. And then I flipped the page, and I see David and Goliath, and, and then I flipped the page again, and I see Jesus Christ hanging on a cross and with the spear um, wound in his side and a Roman soldier. And something in my four-year-old mind put it together that this man was killed. 
and I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, why did they kill him? Who is he? And she says, oh, well, that's that's Jesus, and he was a Jew, and the, the Jews killed him a long time ago. Mm. And so that's all I was told. And um, my grandmother picks me up. She puts me on her lap. And for the first time in my life, I heard about the love of Christ. And she says, you know, Jesus loves you, and he died for you upon the cross. Now, that's not the whole gospel. She forgot the resurrection. She forgot to tell me anything about who Jesus is. So I grew up thinking Jesus is a man who died a long time ago as a martyr, and he's a very loving person. That's what I knew. Um, So God surrounded me. My neighbor was a born-again believer, and I used to go over to her house and play with her grandkids, and we would play board games, Monopoly and Yahtzee, and play badminton in her backyard. (laughs) And... uh, Basically, she had a, a wooden block, like a, a carving on her TV. This is back when she had like a flat top TV and it said Yeshua. And I said, what's Yeshua? And she told me to go f- turn it over. And when you turn it over in the negative space, it said Jesus. Oh, yeah. And um, so she proceeded to share the gospel with me as a child. But again, I didn't understand. And So throughout my growing up years, I had heard the gospel a few times, but basically I landed on an agnostic point of view of life. But then I I got to my um, middle and high school years, and tragedy began to strike in my life. I had a friend who committed suicide in his bedroom, a guy that I went to Boy Scouts with, and when that happened, it just rocked me for eternity. What happens when you die? Where do you go? What is the meaning of life? And so I started asking these questions. And I, I my boss uh, at a produce department, a local grocery store, he was a born-again believer, him and the assistant manager. And they were just furiously pursuing me for, for the gospel and asking me questions about evolution versus creation and praying for me. And I used to get mad and throw tomatoes at my boss, Rick, and tell him to stop telling me about Jesus. <laughs> Sounds and, like your grandmother's prayers were following you around. Thank God for godly grandmothers. Amen. The hound of heaven was pursuing you. And so the Holy Spirit was working in my life, and I just didn't know it. Um, So then what what happened was I had four friends in my high school years that passed away. Some died drinking and driving. Some committed suicide. Um, Yeah, I had a friend. He was on the football team, very influential running back on our high school team. And he drove off of a bridge into a mud pit, and he, he died by suffocation. And so I was just really jarred. I started thinking about death all the time. And um, so I'm at work one night, and I had been failing my science class in high school because I rejected the theory of evolution. And I would write, this is just a theory at the top of my papers, partially because I I believed it was just a theory, but partially just to get out of the assignment. (laughs) And uh, so I'm at work one night, and my boss, Rick, says, Jeff, so where do trees come from? I said, well, trees come from pine cones. Ah. He says, where do pine cones come from? Well, they come from trees. And it was the chicken and the egg argument. He said, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and do your research and find out where the first tree came from. So my dad had all these science books, National Geographic type books um, in our living room in the bookshelf. 
and I had about 30 books just laid out all around me on the couch and on the coffee table. I'm searching for answers. I was looking through a book called The Origins of the Universe and looking at pictures of the planets and trying to figure out why we exist. And I remembered all these people in my life, my neighbors, my co-workers, my grandmother. My grandmother put you know, 25 Gospels of John under my pillow throughout the years, hoping I would read them. And I just put them up in, on the bookshelf in my bedroom and just never looked at them. Bless her heart. And uh, yeah, she was a really great woman of, of God. And so anyways, I remembered everyone had said, Jeff, if you don't believe in God, cry out to him and ask him to show himself to you and he will. So right there, I knew if I pray in Jesus name, I'm going to force God to answer me. And I said, God, if you're real, show me in Jesus' name. And right then, I looked up into the bookshelf and up in the shadowy corner in the very top uh, shelf, I saw a white box that I had never seen. And on the outside of it, it said, RSV, Holy Life, Tree of, Tree of Life Edition, Holy Bible. And so I grabbed it and I thought, well, God, you have a sick sense of humor because I'm thinking about the origin of trees here. And um, turns out he gave me the Tree of Life edition Bible to open up. It, it was just a gift from my mom's baby baptism um, in the Lutheran church that her great grandparents had given to or my great grandparents had given to her. So I cut to a page and the first thing I read is in Psalm 18 in verse five. It says the cords or actually verse four it says the cords of death encompass me and the torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry for help before him came into his ears. And I almost had a heart attack because I I knew like I'm surrounded by death, and I just cried out to God. And now I'm reading this psalm, and I see that he's answering me. And Mm. I know... Contextually, this was David when he was fleeing from Saul, but it really spoke to my heart to know that the God that's described in Psalm 18, he has to be the real God. And it, and the fear of him came over me, and I, I began reading the Bible. I read Genesis in 48 hours. Wow. I had the entire book of Genesis read, and just I was just ingesting scripture as an unbeliever. So I went back to work and I told my boss, Rick, hey, I'm reading the Bible. And he says, well, I really want to encourage you to keep doing that and to try to get your own Bible. And so we had an early Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house. My grandfather, who was also a believer, had recently passed into eternity. And I found a Bible on her bookshelf and I asked her, it was, it was the biggest one. She had a stack of them. She had a big King James version Bible and my mind is bigger is better. So, (laughs) so I just picked up this big KJV Bible and I said, grandma, can I have this? And she looks at me and she says under two, one condition, you have to come to church with me. Uh So I started to put it back (laughs) and my mom convinced me to go. So I end up in Lacey Bible Church, which was then Lacey Chapel, under the preaching of Pastor Scott Moffat, who's a free grace person. And um, so I end up in his Sunday school class, uh, not that Sunday, but the following, and they were studying a book called One Minute After You Die by Erwin Lutzer. Right. And um, 
basically he just asked me a question, Jeff, where are you going to be one minute after you die? And I told him, I think I'm going to go to heaven because I think I'm a good person. But as I was saying those words, I felt the lies coming between my teeth because I knew how I was living that week. And he, uh, he shared the gospel with me, took a whiteboard and drew the cross and the empty tomb. And he said, you need to believe that Jesus Christ is God and that he died for your sins upon the cross and that he rose again. Well, it didn't click. What, what happened to me was I felt the conviction and I felt like a bar of soap in the hands of God that I'm either going to slip out one way and get saved all over the place or I'm going to reject this forever. And so what I did was I slid my chair in and I said, well, I don't want to hear this message. And I walked out into the sanctuary. My grandmother was there and I said, Grandma, um, you know, they're trying to convert me. <laughs> and uh, Imagine that in a church of all places. The pastor. So he unashamedly uh, shared the gospel with me when I was kind of being a brat. And um, so I asked my grandma, give me the car keys. I'll, I'll go home and I'll come back and pick you up after church. And she said, no, you won't. <laughs> and she said, go grab a bulletin. So I grabbed the Sunday bulletin and I sit down and the message title was on the front cover. And it was titled, Say Yes to God. Well, they start singing songs to Christ, and my frustration level started rising. And um, as they're singing songs to Jesus, I, I start asking the question to my grandmother, why are they worshiping Jesus as if he's God or something? Mm. And then she just looked at me, and she says, well, you never heard that Jesus Christ is God? And she was shocked by that. And so she took a Bible from the pew in front of us and went to Titus 2.13, which says, we're looking for the blessed hope in the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. She said, what do you think about that? And I sat down and I had watched The Passion of the Christ um, with Jim Caviezel about a week before that. And I remember thinking, wow, it really stinks for that guy uh, when, when Jesus died. But then when I realized that wasn't just a man, that was the, the creator God on the cross. Then it all clicked. He would be able to pay for my sins because he's eternal. And from the pulpit, in the middle of his sermon, Pastor Scott stopped and he says, Jeff, and he points at me in front of the whole church and he says, if you're here today and you never received the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, I would invite you to say yes to God, to believe that he died for your sins upon the cross and rose again, would you say yes to him? And in that moment, I transferred 100% of my trust to Jesus as my Savior, knowing that, that he paid the cost for me, that he rose again, that he is who he says he is, that he's not in the grave anymore, that he's the living God. And so after church, I talked to Pastor Scott, and he says, um, what happened to you today? I said, well... I got saved, mm -hmm. and Jesus Jesus saved my soul today. I, I never knew that who he was. I never knew that he rose again, and I just knew that he died for me. That's all I knew before. And he showed me John 5, 24, which says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. And that started a wonderful journey in my life with the Lord, um, 
just to, I guess, to share what, what happened after my salvation, mm-hmm. I started serving on the music team. I started serving in the Awana Club. And um, there was a little girl with the same name as my wife um, who I met years later, but she was the first person that I got to lead to the Lord mm-hmm. in the, the Bible room during Awana. And that evening it was apparent to me Yes, I do have the Holy Spirit. Um, God's calling me as an evangelist. I should probably go to some sort of theological training um, to hone these skills as a, an evangelist. And so the idea of going to Word of Life Bible Institute was posed to me for the first time that evening. However, when I presented the idea to my parents, I received a lot of pushback, especially from my, my father. Um, and he basically told me, if, if you're going to do that, then you're not a part of the family. Mm. And, you know, being unsaved himself, my mom was more lenient about it, although she wasn't super happy about me leaving. So I held off. And what I did was instead of going to Word of Life, I pursued architecture and drafting, which I had been doing in high school and college up until that point. And I got a job in Tacoma, Washington. Um that job was primarily run by Jehovah's Witnesses. And so on my lunch breaks, they would try to convert me in my office. And one day a, a woman came into my into my workspace and she slammed down a New World Translation onto my desk straight in John chapter one. And, you know, there says was a God, mm-hmm. not was God. And so she drew swords. So I went out to my truck and I grabbed my Bible and I, I put it next to their version on my desk and said, look, yours says was a God, mine says was God. And I began to share the gospel with her. Well, pretty soon the whole office was in there, including the general manager, who was kind of the leader of their kingdom hall. And he looked at me and was wearing a cross necklace. And he told me to take that pagan symbol off of my neck. And mm-hmm. I said, well, my, my Lord Jesus didn't die on a stake. He died on a cross. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I was a little bit naive how I handled it back then. But long story short, I got fired the next day. <laughs> uh, I think we were all a little bit naive when we first start sharing the gospel. Don't always share it with the greatest clarity and so forth. So, yeah, I know Pastor Scott is a great guy. And that's amazing the way you, you came to know Christ through your grandmother. But her prayers really... Um, resulted in in that moment of salvation in the church. So you understood who Jesus was, that he died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And what exactly was your understanding of what you had to do? Well, my understanding was that I needed to transfer 100% of my trust to Jesus alone. It wasn't about me cleaning up my life to come to God, but just to receive his message of grace and to receive eternal life as a free gift. And actually, the verse that um, Pastor Scott used was Romans 3.24, being justified freely as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. And that's really the verse that penetrated my heart to know this is a gift, and and God wants to give me this gift. Mm-hmm. Well, so you mentioned Word of Life. You went on to minister with Word of Life as an evangelist, open-air evangelist. Uh, largely working in Europe, leading a lot of people to Christ. Just take a minute to describe your ministry and, and what you saw God do through that, and then we'll talk about where you're at now. 
Sure. So my, my time with Word of Life started as a student, but the Lord called me to share the gospel through open-air evangelism when I was on a missions trip with Sam Fry from Word of Life Bible Institute. He's an evangelist. We were sharing the gospel in the New York City subways, and there's actually an article in one of the Free Grace magazines about this encounter, but I met a man who was about to commit suicide by jumping in front of the local R train, and the Lord allowed me to lead him to Christ just before he was about to do that. And so I was given an invitation to basically join open air for the rest of my life mm. through that experience. It was very powerful to see God save a man from death, not only physically, but spiritually and eternally. Um, and so that set me on the path doing missions with Word of Life in various countries around the world as an intern missionary. I was in Poland and Greece and Hungary, all with Sam for the most part. Um, but then the Lord put the nations of Europe into my heart. My wife had been praying for an evangelist to come to Europe with the gospel to help bring unity in the church. She grew up as an MK in Germany. Her parents were very instrumental in the start of the Word of Life Bible Institute there. Um, so we're, we've been continuing in a European, like a full European evangelism ministry with the Free Grace message at the center. And recently you've transitioned to a new ministry. You know, what's, what's the name of that ministry and what will you be doing with them and where? So our, our new mission agency is Fellowship International Mission. They're located in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, Fellowship International Mission exists to help missionaries answer God's calling in their lives. And so instead of trying to meet an agency need, we've been given some flexibility to really just say, hey, the the Lord has called us to the nations of Europe, and uh, FIM is backing us to do that. They help us with our um, finances and uh, home office needs. Um, but really, our, our ministry is focused on building up a network of evangelists across the nations of Europe. The idea is that we wish to move to Germany um, to see our ministry there. We've been serving in Portugal for the last two and a half years, and we've seen somewhat of a revival on the streets of Lisbon with open-air evangelism happening on a nearly weekly basis. Um, we've seen thousands of people who have heard the grace message, people from walks of life all over the world, people from India who have never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus, encounter our teams on the street and they hear the message of grace. People from Nepal have trusted Christ who had no access to the gospel previously. And so God has done a great thing and he's building up the church and disciples are being made as the gospel is going forward. Well, we will give people information in the introductory notes of this podcast where they can get a hold of you and look at the ministry online. You know, uh, Jeff, you're really a trophy of grace, uh, just a real testimony about what God's grace can do to change a life. And, and also, I, I don't want to neglect the fact that it's a testimony to your grandmother's prayers. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I think that we often neg- take for granted the role of prayer in winning people to Christ. But... That's where it really starts. God does answer answer prayer, and probably we've, we've both come to know the Lord, and most people do because of the prayers of someone, like your grandmother, and then the faithfulness, uh, faithfulness of someone to share the gospel. So God really had a hold of you all those years and never gave up on you, and now you're in ministry doing something that 
you know, we're all to do, told to do evangelism, be witnesses. Not many of us are called to do it in the open air. Mm. It's very intimidating to people. So we're grateful that you're out there doing that on the front lines. And so just in the last couple minutes we have left here, if someone's listening and they're not sure about where they're going to spend eternity, they're, they have a fear of death, what would you say to them? Clear and simple, put your trust in Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You know, I think for me the most important was understanding who Jesus is, that he's able to pay for your sins because he's the eternal God in human flesh. And so I like Larry Moyer's approach, which is the, the three aspects of saving faith, knowledge of who Christ is, acceptance of his person and work, and trusting in Christ alone. So what has Jesus done for us? He's, he's died upon the cross to pay our sin debt, and he rose again in victory. He lives today, and he offers the free gift of eternal life to anyone who will trust in him and him alone, apart from our works. Um, I don't know, does that answer your, your question there? Well, it, it does answer my question, but I hope it answers everyone else's question who's listening. So I think you made it very clear that salvation is not by what we do or trying to be better, but by trusting, believing in Jesus Christ and what he did when he died on the cross. He did what we never could do. So we appreciate your ministry and your life and your testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. And just one more thought about our ministry. Our ministry does do a lot of open-air evangelism, but it's not only that. We, we do personal evangelism training. We're, we're equipping the body of Christ so that they can reach those in their spheres of influence with the gospel, the, the clear gospel. And so we're, we're doing everything from training in Bible schools to doing individual trainings with people from closed countries uh, over Zoom, um, anything we can do to get the message of grace out, that's what we're doing. Well, amen. And, you know, that's a contention of mine that the work of an evangelist is not just to share the gospel, but train other people how to do it. That's what you're doing. We're thankful for you for doing that. So thanks for being with us today. It's, it's been a huge pleasure to be with you, Charlie. You're a great friend and thankful for your impact on my life and for this opportunity. All by God's grace. Thank you for listening today, and we'll give you information about how you can get in touch with Jeff. Maybe you want to be a part of his ministry and support him. Um, starting with this new ministry, I know he happens to need some support, and uh, he'd be happy to hear from you. Pray for him when you listen to this podcast. Share it with other people. Give us a comment and a like, and more people will hear it. We're just grateful that you are with us today. God bless you. Until all here. Thank you for listening. For more resources or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.